my goodness. How many of you encouraged? Come on. You may be seated. I want to ask you. I want to ask your permission. If you guys can give me some time. Not a lot of time. I don't need a lot of time. I've, I've realized something. Look, you have an incredible pastor. And he preaches the unadulterated word of God. So there's nothing that I can say tonight that has not already been said in this church. You understand what I'm saying? He preaches the truth. He preaches life to you. And you're, you guys are full up. But tonight, as I've, been, as I've been pressing in and just asking the Lord, Lord, what is a word that I can bring to this church? What is something, Father, that I can give? I don't want to just fly all the way from Hawaii to Alaska with something that's not going to leave an impact and an imprint in this house. And tonight I felt like the Holy Spirit, through this entire conference, he's kind of been putting us down a stream. And we've been hearing some similarities in some of the sermons and going down the same stream, the same path, leading us in a direction. This church is different. This church is called to be different. This church will not be like any other church. This church will not forsake the foundations and the roots by which it was built upon. There have been churches around the world that have left the foundation that they were built upon. This church will stay true to its call. This church will stay true to its purpose. Tonight, I, I want to share a message entitled, Contending for His Presence. Now, this statement that I'm about to make may sound extremely black and white to you. And in, in the modern day Christianity, we're trying to find as much gray area as we possibly can. I'm about to give you something that is extremely black and white. Are you ready for this? Either you're contending for His presence or contending against it. Either you're contending for his presence or you're contending against his presence. Now, Pastor, I just don't know where I, I don't know where I stand in this whole thing called the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you something? The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a language. He has a language, but he is not a language. The Holy Spirit, as we understand in the book of John chapter 14, Jesus himself, and you need to go look it up and study it. Who does Jesus say the Holy Spirit is? Jesus himself defines the Holy Spirit as a person. And it is about time that the church worldwide, not just Casey Wasilla, but the church worldwide begins to recognize the person of the Holy Spirit in their church. I've been to churches where they talk about the Holy Spirit, but yet they treat him like some stepchild sitting in the corner, turned around with a dumb cap on his head, and they talk about him, but they never let him do anything. They never let him manifest. This will not be one of those houses. This will be a church that contends for his presence. But my passion, the honest truth, 
because I know your pastor. I know the staff. I know that they're going to fight, that they're going to contend and do everything they can to make this a place where the glory of God dwells. What about your own personal life? So many of us, the problem that we have is that we have lost our passion for his presence. It's not that important to us anymore because the problem is this. His presence has a tendency to conflict against what the flesh desires. And so we can only hear the Holy Spirit's voice enough before we, t- we start getting sick and tired and say, Holy Spirit, just leave me alone. And pretty soon we start turning down the volume. And then pretty soon we start turning the channel. And pretty soon a life that was once led by the person of the Holy Spirit where we woke up in the morning and said, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad you're with me. Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad you're my advocate. Oh, Holy Spirit, I just want to be led by you. I want to go where you tell me to go. I want to have conversations that please you. Pretty soon we wake up in the morning and go, oh, not you again. See, my passion in life beyond being a pastor Beyond coming over here and being able to bless this church, my passion in life is to help people cultivate a relationship with a person called the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to preach a message. And it's going to be awesome. But tonight, can I just tell you right now, this is the core of who I am. Because I realized something, that without the Holy Spirit, we can't even accomplish what we're called to accomplish as a church. I can't accomplish what I'm called to accomplish as a pastor. Discipleship can't happen without the person of the Holy Spirit being involved. Listen to me, how in the world, the the, the one thing about the scripture that you have to understand is that it is a prerequisite in order to have, in order to understand what the author is saying, the author must be present. Are you with me? Because the author brings revelation and understanding. You can't have discipleship without his presence. You can't read the word. You can't even fully understand the word. You you start trying to get all intellectual about the word of God. You can't understand anything. You start messing it up. Because it takes faith to understand this thing. It takes proper interpretation by the Holy Spirit to, to help bring life to this thing. Are you with me? You're not supposed to have church without the Holy Spirit. That ain't church. Well, he's scary. No, he's contrary to what you want. He's contrary to your comfort zone. He's contrary to your comfort zone. And the Holy Spirit shows up. You're like, I don't like this. Holy, how come every time I go to Casey Wasilla, I'm always being dealt with. I walk in and they're just doing worship and the Holy Spirit's like, I'm going to touch on this. I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to mess with you on this and mess with you on that. You know, you know what I love? The dilemma with it. You guys still with me tonight? You sure? Because if you grab a hold of some of this stuff, it'll change your life forever. The dilemma that's happening within the church that a lot of people don't understand. They don't understand how to differentiate condemnation with conviction. 
See, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. You see, there's no condemnation there. But the problem is this. His word is perfect. That means that when you take your imperfect life and you line it up with his perfect word, there will always be conflict. There will always be something that arises in you that says, wait a second, my life's not lining up. Wait a second, something's wrong with me. I got issues in here I got to deal with. The Lord is convicting you. He's bringing revelation to you. It's not condemnation. But you see, we start feeling convicted and we're like, oh, that pastor. How about this one, the presence of God? You may not know this, but the Holy Spirit is perfect. And so when he enters the room, his perfection enters with him. His glory is filled with perfection. And so in the midst of his presence, we all cry out, oh, God, send your glory. I want your presence. And then he shows up. You're like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. You see, because when your imperfect life gets into his perfect presence. See, a lot of us, we don't know what we're asking for. We say, oh, God, I want a church filled with the Holy Ghost. Get ready. Every time you come to church to expect something's going to be revealed in me today. Something's going to be challenged in me today. That's what we want. We want to be challenged. That's what this church is about. The reason we ask the Holy Spirit to come in is because he changes us. His anointing breaks every yoke. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. You guys ready to get into the word? Oh, Jesus. Can I just tell you something? I'm so on fire tonight. I, I had, I, whoo, whoo, whoo. I hope so. I, oh, my goodness. Lord Jesus, help me. There was a burning inside of me even before I left the house. God's got something to deposit in you tonight. For some of you, this isn't going to be new revelation. This is going to be confirmation. For some of you, you're going to hear something tonight and you're not going to like it. Because it is going to put its, the Holy Ghost is about to put his finger on your life. But see, if you can understand, if you can get the revelation of who God has created you to be. And what he wants to do inside of you. You can grab a hold of something tonight that will take you to another level. You see, Jesus himself recognized That he needed the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, no, come on now. Even before he started his ministry, there was something that took place. The Holy Spirit ascended upon him. Jesus understood the importance of the Holy Spirit so much that he told his disciples, I don't want you going anywhere until you're endued with power from on high, until my person, that advocate, comes and fills you and takes over completely. And you know, the funny thing is this, it didn't even happen once. Oh, come on. So some of us, we forget. We have that one-time encounter with the Holy Spirit. We're like, ooh, I'm good. I had my Acts chapter 2 experience. But you see, you go to Acts chapter 4. 
What do they do? Acts chapter 2, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They got wrecked. They started preaching. They had signed wonders and miracles. The church grew, and it went, boom. And then all of a sudden, you see them in Acts chapter 4 going, oh, Jesus, help me. They went back to a place to contend for the presence, to say, i got to get filled up here. And the Bible says that the Lord shook the room. And you know what was amazing? Is that the same thing that happened in Acts chapter 2 happened in Acts chapter 4? And the same thing that took place where they came down and signs and wonders and miracles, the church began to grow. You see, a lot of us were content with a one-time encounter. We said, ooh, I felt that. That was good, and that was great. But you see, God wants to do something. And this is the thing. What happened in Acts chapter 4 didn't happen in Acts chapter 2. What happened in Acts chapter 2 didn't happen in Acts chapter 4. You see, sometimes God's not going to do the same thing over and over. We need to say, God, I'm willing. I'm ready for whatever you want to do. You see, a lot of people coming to the church. And they have a pre-designed encounter. This is what God's going to do in my life tonight. I'm going to shake a little bit. They've already designed it. They already have it mapped out in their head. They got the blueprint. Exactly everything is going to, I'm going to sit right there. When the pastor says this word, I'm going to do this. When that song starts playing. And then we get all upset because we're like, don't the, don't the worship leader know that he's supposed to sing that song? That song's a Holy Ghost song. We have an expectation, and we come in, and I want to tell you something. The expectations are good. Why? Because the Bible itself says this, that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. You want to come with an expectation, but a lot of us, we cripple ourselves by what we can receive from God, because what we do is we hurl upon him, saying, God, this is how you touch me. I laughed before, I got to laugh again. I rolled before, I got to roll again. And unless you rattle, roll, and shake and laugh, you can't experience God. But you know, there are times where God will show up with a holy sorrow to rock you and to change you and begin to dig in deep. And a lot of us, we don't want the holy sorrow. I just want to laugh. Pretty soon the Holy Spirit receives a title. Our church is no longer the Holy Spirit-filled church. It's the laughing church. It's the crying church. It's the jumping church. It's the rolling church. And pretty soon the manifestation begins to... I want the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. Ephesians chapter 4, are you ready? If I say contend, you say, well, pastor, what are we contending against? <laughs> you. I can't say it like Bishop Hooks. He knows how to say it good. Pastor, what am I fighting against? What am I contending against? <laughs> you. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting with verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands 
what is good. Can I, can I just stop right there real quick? Don't think that laziness is accepted by the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't think that the Holy Spirit takes delight in you sitting there watching your TV, playing your video game, and thinking he's, oh, man, I'm so glad they're playing their Xbox. Oh, I'm just... I'm so glad they're just sitting there. Look, I'm not talking about vacation. I'm not talking about getting rest. I'm talking about there are people that are straight up lazy. And you continue to make excuses. And the worst part is, you keep thinking that God's trying to bless you. And God's about to bless you. And you're about to get your miracle mail. Get a job. Work. Because when you're not working, and your hands become idle... Let him who steals steal no longer, but let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is in need. Let no corrupt word, everybody say, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve, everybody say grieve, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, all wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you holy spirit as we get into the meat of this word tonight we ask that you do a work in our hearts open every ear to hear every heart every blockade that has been put up tonight that is hindering people from receiving this word lord i pray that those things those walls will come down so that we can hear you in Jesus' name. I had, a par- I had a problem with this passage. Because as I'm reading through all these things. Bishop, as I'm reading through all these things. My man, Holy Ghost. You sure do have a lot of rules. You ever been to the pool? And you go to the pool and it's like no running, no jumping, no playing, no swimming, no. What? No tanning. He's like, man, there's a lot of rules. What am I supposed to do? I want to have fun. I look at that list and I'm looking at this list going, man, these are all the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you sure got a lot of rules. Holy Spirit, you sure are sensitive. You're so sensitive, Holy Spirit. He says, no, I'm holy. Holy Spirit's not sensitive. He's holy. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget something. That righteousness has nothing to do with you. You see, righteousness was something that was given to us by Jesus Christ by him purchasing it by his blood he gave it to us and by faith in Christ we receive the grace and the mercy that we needed to obtain righteousness meaning this is the definition being made right before God 
And a lot of us use that as an excuse. And we actually, now listen to this, we actually define righteousness and replace righteousness for our holiness. But if you look at scripture, righteousness and holiness is different. Very distinctly different. You see, righteousness has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. But as we find within scripture, holiness is a conscious decision you make to consecrate yourself. Now, isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit is not called the righteous spirit? I tried finding it in the Bible everywhere. He's not defined as the righteous spirit. Do you know why? His purpose is not to make you righteous. His purpose is to make you holy. He's called the Holy Spirit. But also, he's holy. And he doesn't accept just anything. He doesn't just stand for anything. See, there's a big difference. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Holy is a conscious decision to consecrate your life and make your life separate. And say, I'm not going to partake of that. I'm not going to partake of this. I want to be holy. And a lot of people don't understand this. They say, well, pastor, I've received the grace, and so I'm covered. I'm good. You know what I love about Bishop Hook's message this morning and he, as he's talking about love? We have been so focused on Jesus loving us that we forgot that it's reciprocal. That we're also called to love him. And we say, oh, I'm so glad he loves me. He loves me. Oh, he loves me. That's great. I can sing about how he loves me all the time. But when are we going to begin to realize that we want to love him back? You know, you know what scares me? Is it okay if I just... You know what scares me? Is that you look at the book of Hebrews. It was written because of the apostasy of the church. People were leaving the faith. The writer of Hebrews deals with something very heavy in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. He says, do not... He says, he says this, encourage each other daily. If you can throw that up, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Encourage each other daily so that your heart, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of what? Oh, okay, wait a second. Not encourage one another daily so that you can sit on your blessed assurance and say, I got grace and this is all I need. Grace is all I need. Grace is all I need. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Do you know what that holiness is? Holiness is a weapon against sin's deceitfulness in your heart because the Bible says that your heart is already deceitfully wicked. And it's very easy to be deceived. And so when you have something that begins to enter your heart and a sin that begins to enter your heart and you begin to entertain that thing, it has the ability and the capability of beginning to harden your heart to pretty soon your faith is affected and your relationship with God is affected. And pretty soon you look around and you go, I don't believe this anymore. I don't want this anymore. And the heart that was once soft towards the things of God have become corrupted. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 63. You guys still love me? You know know why I'm preaching this? It's because I don't want your destinies affected. You know why I'm preaching Isaiah 63? You know why I'm preaching this? It's because I want you to be filled. 
Isaiah chapter 63. Let's start with verse 7. Isaiah chapter 63, starting with verse 7. Go ahead and throw it up on that board and we'll read it together. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude of his loving kindness. Verse 8, now listen. Listen to this prophetic word. This is not just something that was happening in the Old Testament. This is a prophetic word of what Christ was about to do. Because this, is, this could only be done. This prophetic word could only be fulfilled by Christ. Remember that the Old Testament is a road map for Jesus. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not lie. So he became their Savior. Verse 9, in all their affliction he was afflicted. And the angels of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. Come on, move it up. Verse 10. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them. Can we just read that one more time? Because I want you to see this. You're either contending for his presence or against. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them you can grieve the Holy Spirit and when you grieve the Holy Spirit it's not a light little thing it's not an oops I did it again when you grieve the Holy Spirit it is serious because According to Isaiah 63, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, you make him an enemy. You said, I would rather have my will, I would rather obey my flesh, than be concerned about what you think, Holy Spirit. I know this is serious, but this is my concern, and this is my passion. If we can become a people that are like David in Psalm 63, I believe it's Psalm 63, 8. I, 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 don't, I think I have it memorized, Psalm 63, 8. And depending on what you, what, what version, uh, Psalm, Psalm 63, 8. Depending on what version you read, I like the way. That it reads when it says this, that I follow hard after the Lord. I follow hard after him. I am so passionate about his presence that I'm willing to cast off everything else that hinders and follow hard after him. We need the Holy Spirit to be someone that we desire more than anything else. We have to say, Holy Spirit, I want you more than I want my sin. Holy Spirit, I want you more than I want my will. Holy Spirit, i got to have you. Holy Spirit, I want you more than I want to just be able to say whatever I want and do whatever I want. Holy Spirit, I want you. 
and you have to be willing to fight your flesh. Can, 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 I just can I go down this road? Can you guys allow me to just take a take a? Now a lot of people might might disagree with me, but there's something significant that happened in the Old Testament. There's this moment, some of you remember it, Samuel got in a fight with the Philistines and they captured the ark. And when they got the ark back, the Bible says that it rested in the house of Abinadab for 20 years. But the interesting thing is this, if you begin to research a little bit deeper, the ark of the covenant remained in the house of Abinadab the entire reign of Saul. So it is possible, it is possible that the ark of the covenant could have been in the house of Saul for over 60 years. In the house of Abinadab, sorry, for over 60 years. In the 40 years that it was in the house of Abinadab during the reign of King Saul, the Bible says that not once did Saul ever inquire of his presence. Not once did ever Saul inquire of his presence. But we see David, that his first action as king, after killing everybody, his first action... that was violent his first action as king is he goes to the house of Abinadab where he had been resting there for possibly 60 years and the son of Abinadab Uzzah takes the cart that the Philistines built and they begin to cart it back and as they're carting it back the ark begins to go and it begins to tip over and Uzzah stretches his hand out and the Bible says that the wrath of God came against Uzzah. And this is what's interesting. God didn't get angry at David. I searched scripture. I said, God, how come you didn't get angry at David? Because if you understand culturally, it was the Levitical responsibility to know how to handle the presence of God. It was Uzzah's responsibility to know and to be insistent to say, King David, this is how you handle the presence of God. There's a right way and a wrong way to handle his presence. But you see, we see when David freaks out, he says, oh my goodness. And he takes the ark into the house and he puts it in the house of Obed-Edom. And as he's in the house of Obed-Edom for three months, his house begins to flourish. Now, now I want to just tell you something, and I'm about to tell you something strong. I know for a fact that there was no blessings that happened in the house of Abinadab. Can I tell you why? Because I've read the Bible, and I know King Saul. And if there was blessing that was coming to the house of Abinadab, the first thing Saul would have done would have been to go get the ark. Let me tell you why I believe is because the very proof, it is proof that something was going on in the house of Abinadab, that there was a dishonor taking place toward the presence of God. Because if there was honor, that honor would have produced blessing. If there was honor, Uzzah would have handled the presence of God differently. And the problem is this, we have created dishonor. We have created a culture of dishonor toward the presence of God. But you see, when the house gets in to the house of Obed-Edom, and they begin to honor God, you know how I know they honored God? It's because of the fruit. In three months, 
Obed-Edom began to flourish like never before. He caught the attention of the king. I'll tell you, when you know how to handle God's presence, it'll get people's attention. When you know how to handle the presence of God, when you know how to honor God and his presence in your life, it'll produce fruit in your life. You know what's so amazing? This is how I know that Obed-Edom honored God. It's because when King David came back to get the ark, Obed-Edom and his entire family followed the presence. I want to be where the presence is at. But we have to create a culture that honors his presence. You have to create a life that honors his presence. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 6. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. In just a moment, I'll give you the, the full address, but I want you to hear this. They start work on the temple. And they finally place the final stone into place. And it's complete. And this is what I love about this story. Is they didn't sit there and start screaming, Ah! Holy Spirit! They didn't sing 20 songs, Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come, 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 come. They didn't have sign language. They didn't all stand there. As a matter of fact, the moment the temple, the moment the temple was complete, the Holy Spirit invaded the house. The moment the temple was complete, the Holy Spirit invaded the house in such a way it was so tangible. It was like a dark cloud. You could taste it. None of this fake stuff from the ceiling falling down, gold dust, somebody up on the ceiling trying to drop gold dust to make some fake manifestation of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit left a long time ago. When it's the Holy Ghost, you don't have to fake nothing. You will know when the presence of God shows up. And as they completed the, pre as they completed the temple... The Holy Spirit invades without invitation, invades the temple to where the ministers couldn't even minister. But this is the thing that so impressed me, Pastor Robert. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 2, listen to Solomon's response. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell forever. Do you know what exalted house means? A place where you are put on high above everything else. The Holy Spirit will only fill what pleases him. Oh, you don't believe me yet. Some of you are like, ah, oh, pastor, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's not. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Let's talk about it. Oh, let's talk about that. Because some people say, wow, you just made that up. I have surely, no, listen, 1 Corinthians chapter, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? But I want you to look at this just for a brief moment. 
because uh, I, I want you to see this. This is powerful. I have it underlined in, in my Bible. You guys still with me? You, you getting excited yet? Are you realizing that the Holy Ghost wants to do something so incredible in your life? Verse 17. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which the temple... Look, you can scream, you can holler, you can sing till you're blue in the face. The Holy Spirit will only fill what pleases him. I'm getting a little parched. I had a whole lot of coffee today. Jesus, help me. It's a lot of the coffee just talking. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being honest. <laughs> Did you just read? Can we? Can, can you guys just bear with me for like two more minutes? First Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen. Throw it up there one more time. Do you see the correlation? Do you not know that you are the what? Verse sixteen. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in who? Dwells in who? Verse seventeen. If anyone defiles the temple of God, he's talking about you. If you allow anyone, not just somebody, not just your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, something that happened in the past. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. You know, we, we don't want to be holy anymore. We don't want to strive for holiness anymore. There's no purpose to be holy anymore because all we got is grace and all we need is grace. That's all we need. All you need in life is grace. We don't need the Holy Spirit no more. The Holy Spirit don't care if you're doing whatever you want to do. You can live however you want to live and the Holy Spirit's just got to deal with it. Think about the pride and the arrogance of that statement. I can live however I want to live, and the Holy Ghost just has to deal with it. We can have church the way we want to have church, and the Holy Ghost just got to deal with it. He only fills what pleases him. Pastor, why you got to be all hardcore for? Why you got to get all hood on me, Pastor? <laughs> I've been influenced this weekend. <laughs> Let me tell you why. It's because if you're not careful, you'll believe a lie. And what will begin to happen is you'll begin to build temples to appease the flesh. If you're not careful, you'll begin to build temples. Therefore, self-glory. What God wants 
and what God demands is that he be glorified. That we build him an exalted place. You know what I want my life to be? I want my life to be an exalted place. Can I tell you something? When your life becomes an exalted place, the Holy Spirit's automatic response is to invade. Oh, you don't, you don't have to do nothing? He just... I can't. That was a one time. That was a one time thrill. You begin to get a church that exalts the Holy Spirit, an exalted place where it's not about flesh, it's not about man, it's not about program, it's not about making people feel good about themselves or their issues or their sin, that people go, oh, I'm leaving church so encouraged because today my pastor said my sin was okay. Oh! At least I'm entertaining somebody. (laughs) The crazy things I've heard people say. Because they have built self-glorified temples. I want to build the Lord an exalted place. I want you to stand. Come here, both of you. Get ready. Because you're about to grab a moving train. Jesus. If you could only understand. If you could only see. That which God has ordained for you. which he has prepared and that he will fulfill there's more in both of you than you even know you're about to go through a season of exponential growth in every area spiritually mentally physically your giftings are about to explode and things that have remained dormant for many years will be pulled out of you and chiseled at and made excellent there's a spirit of excellence upon both of you but you're about to tap into a whole other dimension there's a grace upon you but you're about to go to another level the manifestation of God's power you're a songwriter you don't like to talk about it you don't even want to discuss it but it's there as a matter of fact that's the only way you got through some things is that you knew how to break out in song you even found yourself being able to pray better singing than speaking And what you did not know, what you did not realize is that you were practicing at that time to defeat your giants. That in that season, God was building stature in you. 
to contain the anointing that he has for you. Your songs are going to touch nations. Your hands are going to bring down the glory. Get ready. And you're not going to have to worry about sacrificing a thing. You're not going to have to worry about giving up. Hear this word. Because there's going to be a temptation. Oh, we got to let this go. We got to give this up. No, 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 no. God's will is not for you to digress. His will for you is to advance. And in this season, everything is about advancing. Everything. God will provide. God will restore. God will bring reconciliation. There's going to be a temptation. As a matter of fact, I see a pool on you that will will attempt to affect your decision. Hear the voice of the Lord. Find the will. Contend for the presence. And see and watch the miracles that will come. Jesus. Bishop, you just lay hands on God's going to supernaturally give you an unction for the piano. And it's going to, you're, you're, you're on practice, but it's going to come just supernaturally. Father, thank you right now because you have ordained this. This has nothing to do with their plan. They never bought a plan to be in Alaska. They wouldn't have planned to do any of this. <laughs> but you ordained it. When you were just a young boy, you had, you had a choice to go one of two ways. God literally yanked you out of something. People around you don't even understand, but if he wouldn't have yanked you out, you never would have been where you are right now. There was not, there was an accidental. The pain made you decide. God used pain to get you to say, okay, you, this is why you can't be the way others became. Okay, so it doesn't matter what they think, you know. So it's important that you understand that these hands are anointed. They're not only anointed to cook what you haven't cooked for me yet. But they're anointed to play and to be a psalmist and to lead people into the presence of God. Strangely enough, I saw your wife weeping and I don't even know why I saw her weeping. But I saw her weeping. But God's going to dry that up. Don't look too far in the future trying to figure out what's going to happen with the kids and all this. God has all of that. Stop stressing about that. Okay. We're going to move here and do this. How, how's that going to happen over here? Oh, my, mind. Get that out of your mind. The only thing you want is to say yes to God, nothing else. He'll handle your kids. He'll make sure they need to be where they need to be, whether, whatever. He's going to do that. You stay where God put you. You hear me? You guys are going to be people that is going to help change a lot of cultural foolishness. You hear me? Now, the anointing of God be upon this man. Even your, your family, your family, see if the Lord, those that you've been troubled about, concerned about, I'm touching them. I'm going to minister to them. I've seen your heart heavy. You wish you can be there to lift up some of the issues and pains and you talk over the phone, but you wish you could be there present. But I'm there with them. I say to you to be at peace. 
I'm going to arrest the things that's been troubling you. You're going to sleep different. You're going to sleep different, saith the Lord. Great strength is coming. Somebody say praise the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed tonight as pastor was preaching to us what a great word you're realizing that you're not right with God not by a long shot you've been playing church you've been messing around maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus maybe you've never heard it plain and clear and simple that God loves you but you're separated from his plan because of your sin the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but the gift the what the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Pastor Josh preached it. He gives you his righteousness, but that comes through repentance. Asking him to forgive you. And God gives you God's righteousness. It doesn't grow, it's perfect. And so then when he sees you, he sees you as righteous. And then you're to live out in holiness sanctification process but you've never given your heart to Jesus not once if you're here you're online perhaps you've never given your heart to God and if you died tonight you have no idea where you'd go in a moment I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus maybe you gave your heart to Jesus but you've not been living for him you're compromised in your walk sin's deceitfulness has worked and pride and burrowed its way into your heart and you're not on fire anymore. You've drifted away from your first love. And you want to come home tonight. If you fit in any of those categories all across this place, every head bowed, eyes closed, intercessors praying, that's you. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or secondly, you want to come home because you know that you're not right with God and you want to get right. You want to come back home. You want to return to your first love. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you're serious, stand on your feet. Stand up quickly, 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 quickly all across this place. Stand up. Stand up. You want to get right with God. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God, put your hands together for these, won't you? Everybody in this house now. Everybody in this house. Stand up with them. The reason this building is here is so people can find God, so people can experience His presence. The reason we will build a facility on the 16 acres, greeting people in the gateway as they drive into Wasilla. It's because there is a mighty harvest that's coming. These are the last days. Jesus could roll it all up. And time as you and I know it could come to completion. We stand on the very precipice of the end of the age. It's not time to play church. It's not time to mess around. There's a hell to shun. And there's a heaven to gain. And if you're serious about getting right with God, I'm not talking about joining my church or any of that nonsense. You need to find one, that's for sure. If you're serious about getting right with God tonight. You raised your hand, you stood up, or you didn't, and you know you need to. As soon as Pastor Alex begins to sing, you hustle up here as fast as you can. 
come on. Come on, quickly come. Quickly come. Come on, put your hands together for these. I give you my soul. Come on, come. They're coming from all over. If you know you need to be here, meet me right here in the middle. Come on, come. Come. Every breath. Come on, come. Come to Jesus tonight. Every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way. Lord, have Come right to the front right now. want you to activate the evangelist within you. You say, what do you mean by that? Have some love for the person next to you and some boldness to turn to them and say, are you right with God? Now, if they are right, hold on, don't do it yet. If they are right, they're going to smile and go, yeah, thanks. You know, a little awkward moment, we go, praise God. Yeah. Okay, but if they're not, they'll be like, and, and then just say, you know what, I'll go down with you. What is the most important decision of your life is getting right with God right now. Don't mess around. You're not promised another day. Not one more. You're not. This is it. All right. Are you ready to activate the evangelist within you? Come on. Love the person next to you enough to ask him. Go ahead. Ask him. Are you going to heaven right now? If they hesitate, come on. Just say, I'll go down with you. Come on. I'll go down with you. And then come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on down. Come on down. Come on. Come on, people are moving all across this place. Come on, put your hands together and say hallelujah. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you. And I Come on. live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way. up here and I know sometimes the enemy can keep people in their seats and if you've stayed in your seat if you repent really he'll still forgive you so it's okay all eyes up here that are up front come on look at me every eyeball on Pastor Daniel look at me right now please in a moment I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer it'll take us all of about 15 seconds and in that 15 seconds of faith, in that 15 seconds of faith, God is going to, because of your declaration of his gift, Jesus dying on a cross, rising again from the grave, he's going to wipe out everything that you've ever done. Every sin that you've ever done is going to wipe it out. And he's going to throw it as far as the east is from the west. John 3 Jesus talks at Nicodemus and says, you must be born again. That is what is going to happen right now. You're going to be born again. What do you mean? You're going to be born of the Spirit. God is going to wipe out your sin. And you're going to be reconciled with the one who made you. You know why we call it coming home? So familiar. You know why? His presence is familiar if you'd be honest. And you realize that you know why that is? Because that's where you came from. All right, 
close your eyes pray right out loud with me just right out loud say dear heavenly father thank you for sending your son jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin wash me cleanse me break every curse break every bondage break every chain and write my name in the Lamb's book of life I'm coming to you the best way I know how use me fill me thank you for loving me and for hearing my prayer amen lift your hands a universal sign of surrender holy spirit come right now fill each and every one all these children fill them fill each and every one touch them break off depression break off addiction Break off bondages, God. Heal, restore, bless. And Lord, may each and every one of them, may each and every one of us fulfill the divine assignment that you have for us. Pastor Josh. I want to just, I want everybody to stay right there. Reminded of a story. My cousin, who's a, a singer, she goes to this concert, and this lady who's not a believer comes up to her afterwards. She goes, Wow, your music was awesome. There's like, it felt like there's like this spirit, and it was holy. <laughs> you see, the presence of God will come into your life. And we're going to change everything. The very atmosphere. But tonight, I, I want to just close this time right now. With giving you an opportunity to say, Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me anything in my life that does not please you? Now listen to me. Don't allow your flesh to speak. Your flesh doesn't get to make the decision. He doesn't get to have an opinion. He doesn't get to cast a vote on this. Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me anything inside of me that grieves you, that does not please you? Will you all just lift your hands right now and can we all just pray that together? Can we make a decision? Can you say with me, Holy Spirit, reveal in me things that do not please you things that grieve you so that I can become a temple an exalted place for you to dwell now right now just let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now all across this place let him reveal these things to you Some of you, the Holy Spirit speaking. There's things that you say, there's things that you do that don't please Him. You are my covering. 
place in your life tonight you are my will you make your life an exalted place for him to dwell well he's touching people right now he's setting people free the bible says it is the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage i want all those that you'll say it come on you can be honest pastor there are things in my life that i know don't please the lord i want those things broken i want to deal with those things now listen i want to deal with a misconception i am not talking about perfection tonight I'm talking about being consecrated, being set apart to say, Holy Spirit, my life, I am determined my life will be a place for your glory. So right now, if that's you, I want you to step out from where you are. You know that things are in your life that are not right. You know there are things in your life that grieve the Holy Spirit. Step out from where you are. Come on. I'm not saying you're in some deep, dark sin. some of you it may be pride it may be arrogance some of you it may be fear come on you are my covering to Jesus you surround you surround me oh Lord you surround me oh Lord you are my covering never forget driving down the road the guy cuts me off and in me I just I said something I spouted something off and all of a sudden immediately I hear the Holy Spirit say that attitude is not from me that attitude doesn't please me you know what I began to do at that moment I just repented I said Lord I'm sorry please forgive me I want my attitude to glorify you. You know why the Bible says to hold every thought captive? Because even in your thought life, you can glorify God. In every area. I'm going to ask our pastors, ministers, the staff of this house. We're going to begin to just lay hands on every person. There's freedom in this house. 
those addictions, those bondages, those attitudes, that fear, that pride, whatever it might be, the Holy Spirit's just going to begin to release something. Something's going to be, it's going to be like scales are going to fall from you. You guys believe that tonight? Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on. There's going to be a new, come on, pastors, ministers, staff, help me out. Come on. There's an anointing here. There's an anointing here for freedom. There's an anointing for freedom in this house. Just surrender. Lord, I surrender it all. I surrender it all. Those things that I've seen, those things I've looked at, those things I've said, those attitudes I've had. Lord, that pride, I just release it now. In the name of Jesus, there's freedom. In Jesus' name. Rosoka, come on, if you can pray in the Holy Ghost. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Find out. Ramamanda Reba. Rosokoto Rabamamasho Robosi. Reba Mamando Robosi Kareba Mamasho.
needing you. You are my covering. You are my covering. shout all over this house 
Give them a shout all over this house. There's nothing common about our cry to God. We're crying because we're hungry. We're crying because we know that he's available to meet every need. Lift your voice up right now everywhere. Lift him up. Lift up your voice right now. All over the place. Lift up the voice. Lift it up. Lift it up. Fill the atmosphere with your praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Would you find yourselves a seat? We're going to do something very holy right now. We're going to receive an offering. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Service will just be a moment longer. If you've not registered for the prophetic conference, it continues tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. What a powerful service. Now listen, it never has to end. Right. That's you just right. go home. Yes. Walk with him and talk with him. Let your house be filled with his presence. Contend. Contend. For the Holy Spirit. Ushers, would you help us, please? We're going to go ahead and bless Pastor Josh, the work there in Honolulu. You know, I know sometimes you say, oh, well, we're just going to give to the extension. Let me, let me just tell you where I'm believing God for a miracle. Can you guys hear me for like 30 seconds? God spoke to me. God spoke to Dr. Morocco. To get on TV. Now let me tell you something. I don't want to be on TV. <laughs> because I'll tell you what happens when you get on TV in Hawaii. You have a lot of transplant growth. Transfer growth. But you also open yourself up to a lot of criticism. And the message I spoke to you tonight is not a popular message. And as I begin to debate with the Lord. Lord I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. He said I want you. I said Lord give me a reason why. So that I know I'm not trying to just build my own kingdom. He says, because I want to make you a voice to your generation. And when you look on TV in Hawaii, majority of the preachers there are 50 years old and plus. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying God wants to raise me up as a voice for my generation in, in the state of Hawaii. And so let me tell you what we're looking for right now is we're believing God for lights. We're believing God for cameras. And so if you want to invest tonight, that's where I'm believing we need to put the finances if you guys can help me with that. All right, so this will go to their television ministry. Praise God. Ushers, are we ready? All right. You need an envelope? Go ahead. You can uh, use PushPay, the, the app, should you so desire. nothing wrong with 50 year old TV preachers no 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 well maybe some of them I don't know we'll leave that to the Lord so glad I ain't in my 20s and my 30s yeah I don't know I know I know some young people that's you know I 
I know some young folks that ain't got no soul, man. Shoot. <laughs> you ready to pray? Where's Becky Day? Come on, Becky Day, bringing revival in the nursing home down there. Come on, put your hands together for Becky, won't you? Are we all ready? You ready? All right, come on. You got faith? Oh, brother, you know I do. All right, come on. You, you, you lead us in prayer for this. Father God, we ask your blessing on just a multitude, just raise it up and reach out and double, triple and overflow it, Lord. We know that you have an outreach. You need to meet the elderly, the young, all ages, 50 and over, 30 and under and in between. Father God, you just take this money, take these gifts and these prayers and multiply it to overflowing. Your word says you will, that you will open up the windows of heaven and you will give us more than we can even keep in a storehouse, Lord. We're going to give it out for you, Jesus. We thank you for every ministry represented here, and we claim your growth, and the Holy Spirit lives here, and may it live in every ministry that is represented and called upon in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. (laughs) Come on, get happy. All right, y'all. You got to give us some joy now. All right, come on. We're going we're gonna to press and have a little fun, and then we're going to close, all right? I'm going to think the whole thing's been fun, but, hey, it's 9 o'clock. I know some of you are hungry. Kids got to go. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Come on, lead us, Bishop, in some joy-filled kingdom action. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah! Come on, put your hands up like this. Come on, y'all. Come on, say. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Come on, say it again. Thank you for letting me be myself again. How many of y'all glad that God healed you, gave you a new you? Say Thank you for letting me All right, I want you to just say thank you. Here we go. Come on. Thank you. Come on, say thank you.
pray for your pastor, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody shout to God. Hey, praise the Lord. God is good. Take someone by the hand. Pastor Alex, come and close us in prayer tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, pray for your neighbor tonight. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We give you praise, Lord, for all that you've done tonight. Oh, God. You're shaking within us, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I pray, God, that she'd use us as we go. I pray, Lord, tomorrow when we come this morning, that, that morning, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, I pray, God, that you would just continue to grow in us. Lord, your purpose, your plan, God, would be released through us. We thank you, God, for all that you've done tonight. Bless these people as they go. Keep them safe, Lord, as they drive. Bring them back in the morning. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said... Amen. God bless you all. Have a great night. We'll see you in the morning.